Well, good morning, gentlemen, uh, or afternoon, evening, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, music just stopped playing. So if you want to hear the rest of that song, look up Gabe Gooden, wherever you listen to music, and pull up the song Knocking on My Door, and listen to the rest of that song. Anyway... Happy Silent Friday, Dale. Indeed, it is still a beautiful day because Jesus Christ has made this day and he is reigning and ruling over heaven and earth and he is ready to help you and me become better, wiser men. So you don't have to have music for that necessarily, but maybe a good cup of strong black coffee. Y'all have your beverage. You have something to taste and see the Lord is good with. If you do, let's do that right now. Ah, the Lord is so good, isn't he? All right, so I love technology. Technology can be very frustrating sometimes, especially in a situation like this where I have no idea what just happened. Anyway, hopefully it'll correct. So uh, let me ask you a question as we get started. Gentlemen, do you have awareness of how much your work benefits others. Now, by work, certainly we want to extend that beyond what you do, quote unquote, to earn a living. That would I don't want to exclude that. I think sometimes, especially in, in our day in the church, we can minimize that. We can treat the things that you spend 40, 50 hours a week doing as sort of a necessary evil, so you can give money to the church and missionaries. <laughs> um, no, work is valuable. God designed us as men to work. So don't look down upon what you spend so much of your time doing. That's to be fruitful and good. But work would extend beyond that as well. And so my question again is, do you have some sense of your own productivity in life and how Others are benefiting from your work. It's good to stop and find satisfaction in that. Uh, when we started this live stream a year and a half ago plus, uh, I think the first book we went through was Ecclesiastes. And one of the repeated refrains from the wisest man to walk this earth, save Jesus himself, was if you can work hard and enjoy the fruit of your work, that's life. And that's, that's a gift from God, if you can do that. Well, that same man uh, is going to say something similar here in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 10, verse 16 is where we, where we are. And I got to deal with a couple of translation issues, and then we'll come back to the question and uh, see what your answers are. So here's what it says here in the NAS. The wages of the righteous is life, the income of the wicked, punishment. Now, as you know, I prefer the NET, the New English Translation, for our look at poetry. I think they generally do a really wonderful job of capturing the heart of poetry. Poetry is difficult. Uh, translating from the Hebrew is difficult. I don't know if any of you read Hebrew. Uh, it is hard. There's a lot of potential ambiguity 
And it's a wonder sometimes uh, that two or three English translators will come to the same conclusion because of the potential for, for diversity in, in the translation. Well, here's a situation where I believe that NET doesn't interpret it, doesn't translate it the best. And even the NAS, though I think it's closer, still misses it. So it says here, the wages of the righteous is life. And you notice here, I've got a little one, a little index note that tells you there's another possible meaning. So if you look uh, at the index note there, the, the, it'll say, or work. The Hebrew word behind this word, wages, is the word that's usually translated work. But sometimes can mean the reward for your work. So that's why the NAS has chosen to say this is wages rather than work. The other translation issue is this word punishment is the word that's, or a word that's usually translated sin. So you see what they're doing here. They, the NAS believes that Solomon is talking about the outcome, the, the reward for your work. Is it, is it righteousness or wickedness? Uh, if it's righteousness and it's life and if it's, if you're wicked, it's punishment. I don't think that's what's going on. And at least somebody else agrees with me, 70 somebodies, because the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, translates it this way, the work of the righteous makes life. But the harvest of the wicked makes sin. That's what I think is going on here. One more technical thing, and for for those of you that don't know Hebrew, uh, you may not care about this. But there, the 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 verb is not in the original. There's no is, so you have to supply the verb. And the Hebrew has a little uh, attached preposition that the word to. So you need to supply a verb here. The the work of the righteous to life. And the harvest of the wicked to sin, I would want to supply the verb something like lead. The work of the righteous leads to life, and the harvest of the wicked leads to sin. So that's that's what I think he's getting at. So with that, uh, let's get to the meaning and, and application. So I think what he's saying is, uh, the work that the righteous person does leads to life for himself and others. And that's being contrasted with the, the harvest. When a, when a wicked person works, the harvest of his wickedness leads to sin. So think about the second part first. The wicked, their work, their, their, the profit from their work is sin, leads to sin. Now here in the U.S., well, let me, let me ask a question. Who do you think of when you think of wicked people? I ask this question now and then, and it seems like we are hesitant to actually name people as wicked. Maybe you go back in history, and you look at Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, some of those dictator types, 
But we have a hard time calling wicked people wicked. Why do you think that is? And what's the cost? The scripture doesn't have any problem calling out wicked people. John says, how ironic. I'm on vacation for the next 17 days and will enjoy the fruits of my labor. You're on vacation all the time, man. <laughs> Seems like the last time that you, uh, no, you weren't on vacation last time. You were laid up because of injury or something. It couldn't work if I remember correctly. Is that right? John says Biden. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we have a hard time. And I think we always need to be careful not to believe the media, right wing or left wing. They all have an agenda. But boy, the evidence is piling up, isn't it? Of the wickedness of Joe Biden. And, and it's interesting you didn't uh, put a first name on there. The, the whole family. It's, it's just, uh, there, there's too much smoke there for there not to be fire. That's certainly the first person that came to my mind as well. And let's just assume for the sake of this discussion that even half of what we've been hearing recently is true or close to true. He's wicked. They are wicked. Yeah, John says the Biden crime family. That seems to be an accurate description. And what is the outcome? What is the fruit of their work? Sin. Great wickedness and corruption. And it just keeps coming out more and more and more. Juan says we don't want to be deemed judgmental. Yeah, I think so. It's just been hammered, even by Christian leaders, that for you to call out someone's wickedness and call them wicked, you're, you're judgmental. It seems like the only verse anybody knows anymore is, judge not lest you be judged. Well, remember, that verse has a context. That's not just a universal statement in every situation. So I think it's pretty obvious. And if we're willing to open our eyes and see wicked people, this, is, this observation by Solomon here, by the way, is not talking about just unbelievers, what we, you know, we would call unbelievers, people who, th there are unbelievers who live decent lives, right? They, they, they aren't pursuing great, vast wickedness and the fruit of their labors can, can be good. It doesn't mean they're right with the Lord. It doesn't mean that judgment day is going to be a pleasant day for them. But when, when, Solomon talks about the wicked. He's not simply talking about your average unbeliever. He's talking about those who are seeking, working great wickedness. And when they harvest from their work, it leads to sin. It leads to their own sin. It leads to the sin of others. In, our, in this particular example, it leads to a whole nation of sin, all the, the pushing of the trans agenda, the, the stuff that the White House put out and Biden himself put out last week, the last couple of weeks, they are our children. And he's talking about transgender and pushing that, the, the freedom to have life-altering surgeries. I mean, they're pushing this stuff. That is wickedness. 
and it leads to great sin. All right, well, let's go to the other side then. The work of the righteous leads to life. And my understanding of that statement is the, the righteous man who works and works well, works hard, brings life for himself and others. Not eternal life. We're not talking about eternal terms here. We're talking about just living life here. Uh, Luke Warman no more says, going the extra mile to make work lighter for others, whether they notice it or not. Yeah, all, all kinds of benefits to others from your work. Last night in our, our group with our guys, uh, I said, you know, we're coming toward the end of June here, which means 2023 is almost half over. What do you have to show for yourself for 2023 thus far? What have you done? And what was so wonderful is not only did guys have a sense of their own productivity, but everyone else saw it in each other. They just started rattling off, not even so much about themselves, but I know you did this and you've done this and you've accomplished this. Uh, three of our guys have received significant promotions in their job in the last few months. They are working hard and, and the bosses are taking notice and honoring them saying, I want you to be in leadership. I'm going to give you a raise. I want you to take on more responsibility. They're benefiting their employer. That's what they're supposed to be doing in their job. And people are noticing. I loved it. It was just so great. Uh, side note here. Uh, do, do you, have you been part of men's groups in your traditional churches? And does it seem like most men's groups are just women's group with bacon? Uh, it, it's still, this, let's talk about our feelings. You know, I'm sure your life is awful and we're just going to sit here and I want you to pair up with somebody and share about just how awful life is and how hard everything is and, and you know, just lay the burdens of your heart down to each other. That's, that's what we do. That's not what men are designed to do. That's not how we think. And, and so often in those settings, you get the, the handful of guys that, that love that kind of thing and they just go. And every, most of the guys, at least in my experience, are kind of thinking, I... I guess I'm weird because I don't feel like that's what I want to be doing. I don't feel like everything in life is awful. But that's what our leaders are telling us to do. So I need to feel bad for not feeling bad. And it's hard to get guys to talk. I can't get these guys to shut up. Because we're talking about the stuff God made man to do. Accomplish things, work hard, bless others, be successful, take rule and subdue this earth. And these guys just, just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And they encourage, and again, I love what they're, they're seeing it in others. They're not just saying, let me tell you about all the great things I've done. I know you've done this. And one, for instance, for one guy, it was like, you've worked hard and you are pouring your success into others. And you are helping others, physically, like tangibly helping others. And I think that, yes, that's what we men are supposed to do. And at least in our group, their work is producing life, is, is benefiting the life of everyone else around us. Some of them are single women, single 
uh, well, I was going to say single mothers. I don't think they're single mothers, single women. Um, in fact, there's a, we have a, we're in Colorado Springs. We have a couple gals that come down to our fellowship uh, once or twice a week for various things um, from Denver. So that's an hour plus drive. And uh, there are a couple of young single gals. They, they live in a house together with some others. And they just, you know, mentioned that they had some, I think, garbage disposal and I don't know, refrigerator, some, I don't know, a gate broken, some, some, some things that need taken care of. And one of our guys like, I'm there. And he drove up there one evening and fixed all that. That's, that's the community of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's how it's supposed to be. And their righteous, where this guy's righteous work gave life, benefited the life of these women. I just, that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, Lewis says, don't forget Trudeau. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, my Canadian brother. Uh, Yeah, you guys are, you guys are leading the way in corruption and in government. Uh, But the Lord's exposing it. I think I've told you before, I am praying specifically specifically by name. You know what's fascinating? I don't think I've shared this on live stream before. Maybe I have, but uh, was it three weeks ago? Whenever it was, when uh, when the bribery stuff for Biden was first announced, that there was some document that Congress had gotten a hold of that specifically named $10 million of bribe laundered through various uh, organizations to get to the Biden. Remember when that was revealed a few weeks ago? That very morning, I woke up and I was pondering uh, something in uh, in Isaiah. Or, uh, no, it was, it was Haggai. And I was just thinking, Lord Jesus, you are reigning and ruling over heaven and earth. And the scripture says when Messiah comes, he's going to judge the nations in righteousness. And so I just specifically asked, Lord, send your host and expose the wickedness of our governmental leaders. And I named Joe Biden by name and his family. Oh, I did mention this because I know some guy, um, some guy, I shouldn't say it that way, somebody I don't know, uh, took me to task in the comments and said, I, you know, I may be praying against God's will and all that. No, that's, uh, that's not how this works. Uh, anyway, I prayed specifically that Joe Biden's corruption would be exposed. And that day, the, uh, the document came out about the bribery. Jesus is reigning in righteousness. We should pray for him to expose the corruption of our leaders like Trudeau and Biden and uh, bring justice to the nations and ask for him to give us leaders who care about righteousness and justice. Anyway, side note there. Um, Keith says, how does this apply to someone retired? Uh, Good question. We should all be seeking to benefit others, to bless others. And so whatever capacity you have to give, if you're retired, you've worked hard, you've saved up money, you've got money to give to others in need, uh, to use the skills and, and the time that you have, as a retired person to benefit others, look for those opportunities. Um, Now this all kind of fits together. The reason this is happening so easily in our group is because we're not a traditional model church where it's all showing up on Sunday to attend an event. We're living life together. 
This is how we see it in the in the book of Acts. This is, we are in community together, living life together, and so everybody knows what's going on. And guys want to reach out and help. And the women do this too, by the way. It's not just men, but we're talking men. This is Friday's with the, the fellows. So those are some thoughts there. Luke Warm says, uh, let his days be few and let another take his office. <laughs> yes, that's... Uh, <laughs> whew. That's an interesting uh, quote. That's uh, what Peter used to uh, determine that uh, Judas needed to be replaced. And uh, yeah, I think you can pray that for our leaders as well. All right, so let me get back to the the passage at hand. The work of the righteous leads to life. So give some thought to it. What what have you accomplished so far in 2023? And how are you benefiting others? Your work is good. And again, that could be the, the money-making work you do. And what do you... So your actual job itself, whatever you do... Um, should be benefiting your employer or if you're a business owner, your employees, and you're actually making something, you're, you're producing something of value for the world, for others. Uh, we, we, we just minimize that. When I had this conversation with men, I've had so many of them tell me, no one's ever said this to me before. Like my job as an accountant, my job as an engineer is actually a worthwhile endeavor and not simply to give to the church or missions? The answer is yes. You're benefiting others. The, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever your company, if you work for someone, whatever your company does, I assume is doing something good for the world. It's a benefit. Well, take, take pride in that, the good kind of pride, right? Take, take satisfaction in doing that. But then also as you earn that money, how can that money be used to benefit others? And how can your skills, uh, if you're a handyman, if you're a Mr. Fix-It, find people, build community with people that need that. There are folks that need someone to work on their car, fix their refrigerator, their furnace, help them change out a water heater, you know, all that kind of stuff. Righteous men work, and their work leads to life. That's part of being wise, part of being good men. So think about it. Ponder it. Don't just punch the the clock and make your money and work toward the weekend or retirement to live the easy life, but give life to others with your as a result of your work. Uh, let me see what Lon said here, and then we'll call it a day. CBMC used to have a booklet entitled, You Don't Work to Earn a Living. The premise being it's obedience to God's command in the garden. It's a place for ministry. Yeah, that's good. And again, so often we think of ministry simply as it has to involve reading the Bible and praying and sending missionaries and giving to the church, right? No, your actual work 
is obedience. It's what we are made to do. I think part of the reason we have this epidemic of discouraged and depressed men is because the world and the church, in most cases, seems like it's doing everything it can to destroy what men specifically are made to do. And we're paying the price for that. But we're going to be different. So, fellas, get after it. Take satisfaction in your work. Give life to others. Benefit others. And... Let's make a difference. Uh, Key says CBMC. Uh, that's is it Christian Businessmen's something? I think that's what it stands for. All right, got to run. Uh, have a great day and a great weekend. And Lord willing, we'll see you back on Monday to continue some Q and A. Take care. <laughs>